You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey guys, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. Uh, as always, I am the manager and host of, of the BT Powerhouse Podcast. Uh, exciting time. Um, geez, I, I think I always start the podcast with that. So let, let's shake it up. It's, um, you know, we're, we're coming out of the season here. Uh, sort of, you know, there isn't, there isn't a ton going on in terms of, of you know, basketball-based news, I guess. Um, the recruiting trail, definitely starting to heat up. Transfers still still going wild. And uh, also have a, uh, you know, some kind of off-the-court news um, getting up. But otherwise, you know, Big Ten basketball is starting to quiet down. Um, we still have a few, few remaining decisions here coming out uh, as far as the NBA draft goes. But in terms of on the court, um, not not a ton uh, going on, especially with um, the Josh Jackson decision wrapping up, um, Deontay Davis declaring for Michigan State. Um, with that with that kind of stuff starting to wrap up, we only have a few um, decisions we're we're sort of waiting on, um, and most of the 2016 recruiting has, has wrapped up for the Big Ten. So. The, the big things going on, you know, as I mentioned, the off-the-court news, um, the recruiting. <laughs> uh, I think Rutgers, you know, just in particular, I think they put out like nine offers or something in the last couple of days, which is just uh, insane. Um, certainly Steve Pickle is, you know, making his mark <laughs> in his uh, first couple of months here as head coach. But, uh, but other than the 2017, 2018, and I guess 2019 recruiting, um, crazy how quick it starts. But um, besides that, you know, overall the general news is starting to, to wrap down. But I did want to get a podcast out of here to hit on um, a couple things. Um, the first was a, a couple of these NBA uh, draft – well, first off I should hit on the Josh Jackson news. Um, we've talked about it on a couple podcasts. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The number one's the nation's number one overall recruit, Josh Jackson, uh, shooting guard, small forward type of player, uh, crazy athlete, crazy upside, um, similar in some ways to Andrew Wiggins, but um, probably a more polished game. I think he's a lot more ready for the the college game versus Wiggins, who kind of uh, took a little while to get rolling. Um, he did. He committed to Kansas over Michigan State and Arizona, among others. Uh, really, among everyone, I'm, I'm sure he had an offer from just about every school out there. But um, not not necessarily that surprising. Most people thought he was going to end up at Kansas. Uh, that's how 247's crystal ball was. As far as significance, though, uh, big significance. You know, Michigan State. He he was really that piece. Uh, he was sort of the cherry on top of the Sunday. Um, whatever, whatever you wanted to call it, they didn't need him, so to speak, to be a quality team. Uh, you know, they have depth in the backcourt. They have depth on the wing. But 
he he was a guy who could have went into the starting lineup. He was a guy who could move to multiple positions. He really would have solidified depth at other spots. You know, perfect example is, you know, with Matt McQuaid. Uh, he really could have let him play exclusively at point guard. And, you know, Jackson could have taken a lot of the minutes there. But, you know, he does he does commit to Kansas, though, obviously, which, you know, Michigan State's not going to have that, that boost anymore. Um, I, I don't think it's a devastating announcement, certainly considering that most thought he was going to Kansas. But, you know, as I mentioned, it sort of takes a little of the simmer off or that shine off of what Michigan State could have been um, next year. You know, a lot of people were, you know, at least me personally, I thought, you know, if they could get Deontay Davis to come back, uh, which I'll get to in a second here, um, and they could get Josh Jackson, you know, they're, Michigan State's right up there with Duke as, you know, the most talented roster in the country and certainly would be a runaway Big Ten preseason favorite. But, um, you know, it didn't happen. <laughs> they, they still have an absolutely loaded recruiting class, arguably Tom Izzo's best recruiting class he's ever had at Michigan State. I'm, I'm not totally convinced on that. I think we need to see a little bit, you know, when they hit the court. But um, certainly right up there, you know, with the, with the best classes that Izzo's ever had uh, in East Lansing. So, you know, they still have a lot of players. Let's just put it that way. You know, there's still a lot of talent on that team uh, without Jackson. Uh, the other decision, you know, for Michigan State, Deontay Davis declares for the NBA draft. He's projected as a lottery pick. I know myself and Josh Stern talked on our podcast, I think last time, maybe the time before, about um, whether we thought he should go, whether we thought he would go. Um, my opinion was I didn't think he would go, but I thought he should go. So for me, I, I think this is a smart decision. I think he should go get his money. Um, you know, if he's projected that high, he's he's a safe first-round pick, barring something weird happening between now um, and the draft. So I, I, I think he made the right decision. It is exciting um, to see him, you know, as a, as a guy who covers Michigan high school basketball, it is kind of exciting to, uh, to see a local prospect uh, get that far. But, um, you know, for Michigan State, you know, it, it is another blow. Uh, a lot of people were talking about that Deontay Davis might have been more important than, uh, than Jackson. I, I, you know, I could see it both ways. Um, but nonetheless, to lose on both is certainly a big hit. Um, neither alone, you know, neither by itself is surprising, but you did kind of think they would either reel in Jackson or Davis would come back. Um, so now, you know, there's going to be some big questions up front. You know, they have Gavin Schilling. Uh, they got they got a couple okay guys up front, but they certainly don't have a proven star. Uh, you know, Nick Ward's coming in as a freshman. Maybe he can make an impact. We'll have to see on that. But um, I, I still like Michigan State uh, right near the top of the Big Ten. Uh, I, I sort of want to see how a couple of these NBA decisions uh, shake out. Um, which I'll jump on in a in a second here for Indiana Wisconsin, but I think the Spartans are still a clear top three team in the conference. I think they're a clear NCAA tournament team, um, and I, I think they're certainly going to be in the top twenty five. If they can, you know, make the Final Four, I, I think they're going to have, you know, they're going to need one of those big men, you know, to really hit. And and maybe it's Nick Ward, you know, maybe they need him to come in and just hit the ground running. You know, we'll have to see on that. I still think it's a good team. It certainly was not a it certainly was a rough week, 
but um, I think the Spartans will be fine. Uh, moving on to a couple of the other NBA decisions I just want to hit here briefly. Um, OJ, uh, OG Anobi, uh, Anobi, sorry, um, shaking up that name apparently. Um, he, he announced he, um, in a press release, he's returning to Indiana for next season. Um, most expected him to return. He, he was talking about it after, um, they lost to North Carolina that he was planning on coming back. So it's not, it's not a surprising decision, but it is a big decision. Um, I actually wrote about this for today's you, which I think posted on Wednesday or so, but, um, you know, he, he is that, that upside piece. He's that piece that really changes Indiana from just a really good team into the potential to be a great and an elite team. And that's because, you know, with Thomas Bryant back in the front court, you know, he announced that a couple weeks ago. I think we've already talked about that. Um, you know, with, uh, Robert Johnson with James Blackman, um, who I'll touch on in a second, expected to be back in the backcourt. Um, with that wing group, expected to be back with Troy Williams, um, which I'll also touch on in a second. Um, you know, he he's that piece that he's already proven he's a quality player, but he can be so much more if he plays well. I mean, he has the potential to be an All-American if he plays up to his full potential. Now, do I expect his full potential to come out next year? I'm not sure. Probably not. But I I think he'll be better, and I certainly think he'll be closer to what he was at the end of the year than what he was at the beginning. Um, But asking for full potential is usually a lot, you know, for a sophomore. But, um, you know, he's that wild card piece. I, I shouldn't even say a wild card, but he's that piece that really has that extra switch that none of those other guys have. That, you know, if he flips it, Indiana could be very, very good. Um, you know, we're talking Final Four good. If if the other pieces come back around him and, and he really turns out to be that good. Um, and, and we're not even, you know, I haven't even brought up any of the guys they're bringing in, obviously, which, you know, they have a lot of talent coming in as well. But um, the two NBA decisions for Indiana, though, is, that I, I said I would touch on, though, um, James Blackman, Blackman and Troy Williams both have declared, um, but... As far as I'm aware, neither of them have hired an agent, which means they can return. Um, at this point, I'm I'm certainly expecting Blackman to return. I I think he's just kind of seeing what he needs to improve. Um, his stock has certainly dropped a lot. He kind of had a rough start to the year, and uh, you know, with the injury concerns, I I think he will be back for sure. But um, you know, Williams, there are a lot of people who think he will go. We'll kind of have to wait out and see. Um, at this point, I would say I, I expect both to come back, but um, again, we'll have to we'll have to wait out and see, and um, you know if anything develops here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but overall, you know, again, Indiana is one of those teams. I think they're going to be in the top three of the Big Ten, regardless, um, at least in my preseason projections here. Uh, the only the only question is is just how how high <laughs> I guess uh, between those three teams. Um, but uh, the last the last big decision I wanted to hit on here briefly um, was uh, Nigel Hayes for Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the other team for me of the the quote unquote big three of the Big Ten next year. I think uh, Hayes Hayes is in a similar situation. He declared, but he didn't hire an agent. Um, I think Hayes will be returning. Um, he's certainly given all those indications that he's going to be back. If he's back, 
Uh, Wisconsin's probably going to be the preseason favorite in the Big Ten, um, barring something unusual shaking up. You know, they're going to have proven guys at every position. They're not really losing anything. They're bringing in two new recruits, um, at least. <laughs> so um, I think the Badgers are certainly looking pretty. We'll have to wait out the Hayes decision a little bit. You know, maybe he uh, ends up projected a little bit higher than we're anticipating. But um, I, at this time, I, I do think he'll get back. So overall, I, I think in the NBA draft side of things, those are the, the big notes um oh one one other brief brief note um for maryland fans who were holding out hope that robert carter would change his mind even though he had said he would um he was declaring for the draft and hiring an agent he did sign um according to a couple reports so um he he will be leaving maryland um at this point the only real decision that the terps are waiting on is for mellow trimble um which if, if Trimble leaves, that, that's certainly going to be a big blow for Maryland. Um, I don't want to get too on, off track here um, hitting on Maryland, but um, currently Trimble's the only projected starter returning for the Terps given that Carter and Stone both declared and Suleiman and Lehman were both seniors. So, you know, if, if Maryland wants to continue its its recent trend of success, that's certainly a decision that they're hoping, um, I guess, turns the right way for the Terps. But, um, yeah, again, as far as the NBA draft, I think there's, there's a, certainly a, a solid group of prospects um, that look to be drafted from the Big Ten this year. Um, I'm interested to see how, how high those go. But, um, it, you know, we're really only waiting on a couple other decisions, assuming that nothing surprising happens here in the next week or two. Uh, jumping into recruiting here, um, as I mentioned, um, a couple of schools have picked up some prospects. Um, Indiana and Ohio State both added a couple JUCO prospects. Wisconsin added two uh, commits <laughs> in kind of rapid succession. Um, not nothing too massive breaking for any uh, schools on the recruiting trail. You know, as, as most people are familiar, uh, when you're picking up people in you know late April for next season, uh, you know, in terms of recruiting. They're usually not the biggest prospects. I, I think some of these, uh, certainly Freddie McSwain for Indiana, I think can make an impact. But um, you know, you're usually not picking up uh, big guys who can, who are going to change the entire dynamic of your team. Um, as far as transfer decisions go, you know, I should call it transfer recruiting. <laughs> I guess given how crazy transfers have been recently, but um, nothing too huge breaking on that front. Uh, there's some visits going down. Uh, ben Carter for uh, UNLV is visiting Michigan State in early May. Uh, LG Gill from uh, Duquesne is visiting Maryland in early May as well. Um, Grant Mullins uh, recently visited Michigan. Nothing, nothing too big breaking one way or the other. We haven't really gotten any major commitments as far as I'm remembering off the top of my head here uh, on the transfer trail. But a lot going on. In terms of recruiting, uh, you know, as I mentioned for 2017, but um, as far as 2016 goes and transfer stuff, I expect that to be a little bit quiet here for the next week or two. Um, and I think in May, as the prospects have are concluding their visits, um, I think you're going to start getting some commitments, and that's when I think you know we'll go back into the <laughs> the transfer frenzy here um, for a couple of weeks. But um, 
quick, you know, for my for my last point here, you know, I, I don't want the podcast to be too long. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm just trying to get one out here. I haven't done one in a little bit here. But the last thing I, I wanted to hit on here for a little bit um, was the, the Big Ten's new TV deal. Uh, as you may or may not have heard, the Big Ten has signed a massive, massive TV rights deal for the next six years. I'm, I'm not sure exactly when it starts. Um, I'd have to look it up, but, um, but it will, it will be starting here in the next year or so, uh, from what I'm remembering off the top of my head. Uh, sorry, I I don't have my computer right next to me at the moment, but, um, uh, Matt, I mean, you know, extraordinary. It's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, it includes half of the football games and I think it's like 35 or 40, uh, Big Ten basketball games, and the deals with Fox, so the games would theoretically be televised on uh, Fox, FS1, FS2, which are sort of the equivalents of um, you know ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, um, except for Fox, obviously. Um, a couple, a couple of my reactions and thoughts regarding the deal. I'm still working on a piece. I haven't gotten enough time to, to get the whole thing done here um, with my full deep analysis of what, what I think of the deal. Um, my first reaction is uh, clearly it's a lot of money. You know, there's no debating. The Big Ten is going to make a boatload of money off of this deal because the one, the one little thing that I, I think a lot of people are forgetting to, this is only half of um, the game. So you assume they're probably going to sell some to ESPN as well. Um, you wonder if they might sell some to, you know, CBS or NBC. Um, you know, this is, you know, football and basketball, obviously. Um, and, 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 you know, that, that is one general note as well. I, I should throw in here as well. Um, I do think the impacts are going to be much different for football and basketball. I know this is a big time basketball blog, but, um, just as you know some general thoughts here um you know football is the is the big thing that i think is going to be affected by this i don't think the basketball is going to be impacted that much day to day um but i do i think the football is really going to be affected um so i'll try to avoid getting too much into that um but you know as i meant a lot of money you know fox is going to pay a fortune I, I'm pretty confident they're going to make the Big Ten their centerpiece league. Um, I'm sure it will be on Fox, you know, every Saturday for football. You know, on Saturdays, I'm sure it'll be on FS1 as the premier game uh, or two, whatever the Big Big Ten games of the weekend are. Um, and, you know, on the other channels, they'll make more money as well off of that. However, I, I think you do have to take a step back, though, um, if you're trying to break down this deal, if you think it's good or bad for the league. Um, and I, I think you have to ask um, sort of what, how do I want to, what, what you're valuing, you know, when you, when you make these types of deals. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, it, it's a lot of money. And I, I think for a lot of people, money and the bottom line that that speaks volumes, um, you know, and certainly for a couple of the of the schools in the Big Ten, you know, where they have the tighter athletic department budgets or they're in um, debt or in the hole. Um, notably, you know, Maryland and Rutgers, and I don't, I'm not even sure if Nebraska yet. Uh, they are not getting the full share of the Big Ten money. Um, there's a transition phase. I know they got. Maryland and Rutgers got initial cash infusions when they joined, but they're not getting the full um, revenues from the league yet, or at least their share. So 
Um, you know, certainly, you know, when you sit back and you're evaluating this, it does depend, I think, a little bit on, you know, who do you root for? Who, who are you looking to succeed? Um, because, you know, for some, my point here, you know, my broader point is some of these schools, money matters a lot. You know, for instance, Maryland, you know, I think we've all come to learn, you know, the biggest incentive for Maryland joining the Big Ten was money, you know, plain and simple. I, I, I don't think... Maryland fans would disagree with that. I think they wanted to join. Um, you know, they were cutting sports, you know, before they joined the Big Ten. And I, I think they wanted to join a conference where they wouldn't have to do that. So, you know, for Maryland, it's a win. You know, when you flip the coin, though, you know, Michigan, who's number three in athletic department, uh, I want to say revenue um, or spending, I'm not, I'm not sure which one it is, but, you know, in the top five, you know, in athletic department financials, um, Ohio State's right up there as well. You know, money's not as important to those schools. They already have money. You know, they they have enough. They have money cannons, you know, to just fire at stuff. But, um, you know, for them, it's not as important. And and the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because there's a reason Fox is paying so much money for this deal. It's because... They need big games on their network. They need people to watch their network because, um, you know, as a lot of research has come out, you know, a lot of Big Ten people have posted this. Um, it's something I've been hinting on, you know, a lot. And, you know, maybe maybe some of your listeners will disagree with this, but nobody watches FS1. Nobody watches Fox Sports. People watch certain games. They certainly watch the NFL when it's on Fox, but people don't watch the other games. You know, the Big East... Um, you know, I, I can't remember the name of which team it was off the top of my head, but um, they, there was a team where they showed the highest rated game that they played in this season was in the NIT, not during the entire course of the season when they were on FS1, FS2. Um, and my point being, you're sacrificing ratings, like big time, you are sacrificing ratings to get this deal. Now, in theory, Fox is compensating you for that, but you have to ask, you know, is it more important to get that extra money to throw on top of the, you know, for Michigan and Ohio State to throw on top of that ginormous money pile already? Or is it more important to, you know, get ratings, have people watch your games, get the name appeal? Um, because, you know, another part of this equation as well that has been getting some discussion, um, hasn't elsewhere, but this is really an investment for Fox. Fox is trying to become a legitimate competitor to ESPN. I, I don't think this shocks anyone. Um, I, I don't think it's controversial to say, but ESPN is much bigger in the sports world than Fox, and Fox is trying to contend with ESPN, which is fine. You know, as for Fox, this is these are the kind of moves they need to make. They need to get people watching their networks. They need to get people to remember what channel it is, to think, oh, yeah, maybe I should check out, you know, channel 50 or whatever FS1 is for where you live, um, you know, see what's on. They need people to do that. And the thing is, is that's why they want to put these big games on there, get you to know their sports analysts, get you to know their hosts, um, and, and get you liking their coverage. You know, it's clearly a big win for Fox. Even if they're going to overpay, they need it. But for a conference like the Big Ten, you know, Fox is going to talk about the Big Ten. But you're also giving the flip for the other networks now. 
you're basically telling ESPN, hey, you know, thanks, but no thanks. You know, we know you guys already kind of talk us down. You know, I, I don't, I, I know there's mixed thoughts about this, but I legitimately, I personally, I believe there's an SEC bias on, um, not necessarily in basketball, but in football um, with the ESPN networks. And I, I think part of it is driven by the fact that they own the part of the SEC network. Um, you know, they have an incentive to boost up those games. They have an incentive to boost, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if, if you own it, you have a financial incentive for it to be successful. You know, people are going to watch Alabama LSU, you know, in football. They're going to watch Kentucky, Florida in basketball. But are they going to watch Tennessee, um, you know, Kentucky in football or basketball? Are they going to watch... You know, ran insert random game. You know, Auburn, Georgia in basketball. Are they going to watch that on a Tuesday night? I I don't know. And the thing is, is you have an incentive to get people. Hey, we need people on this network watching these games day in and day out. So I I think there is an incentive to do that. Now, maybe this is just me. You know, speculating. It could be. You know, could not be. But it's my kind of perception on this and the reason I say it is I think the Big Ten is going to take a massive publicity hit because of this move because less people are going to be watching their games the Fox analysts who you know as I just pointed out people don't really watch aren't going to be talking about the Big Ten teams Um, and you know people they're just not going to be as generally aware of of the Big Ten and what impact that has, what importance it has, is certainly up for debate. Um, and as I mentioned, I, I think it's far more important in football than basketball. And the reason I say that is because in basketball, really the only important thing is you got to get into the tournament. Once you're into the tournament, you can win. You know, you have your direct route. There's no bias or anything that can impact you once you're in the field. You know, sure, maybe your route's a little more difficult, but you just win and you move on. Um, in football, you have to be voted in to the playoff. You have to be voted into these big bowl games, um, which depends a lot on perception. Um, I think we've seen it with a conference like the Big 12, where people don't perceive them to be as good, which may or may not be true. Um, again, talking football here, but you know, you want that extra publicity. You want that extra attention, and I'm just not as sure you're going to get that with Fox. Now, again, as I said, maybe... To you, money is more important than this publicity. For me, I I don't think it's worth it because I think the Big Ten already has plenty of money. Um, I, I don't think throwing more money onto a pile that's already loaded with money is going to impact things that much. Um, you know, the Big Ten already recruits well in basketball. They already have successful coaches. Um, I think, to me, being more publicized, getting more attention, helping that more, um, is worth it more than, you know, potentially getting subjected to what I view, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to act like, you know, you know, I feel like I'm coming across as, you know, really hyping up ESPN's coverage as if it's out of the, you know, out of this ballpark, just outstanding coverage. It's not. A lot of times they have mediocre coverage of a lot of things, but it's what people watch, and I, I think for your average Joe Schmo, that is what's important, is what is your average Joe Schmo going to think about this or that? Um, 
because I think that influences the overall rankings. I think it influences the strength of your conference, your reputation, so on and so forth. Um, and then the other thing too is that, you know, for as bad as ESPN's coverage is, I have thoroughly been unimpressed with what I have watched on Fox Sports, uh, whether it's football or basketball coverage. It, I I understand that's totally just my opinion, and I know I'm sort of going off on a tangent here, um, but. For me, for me, it's a step down, and the Big Ten is certainly getting compensated for that sp- step down. You know, kind of overall thoughts here. Um, they're being compensated for that step down, but uh, to me, it's not worth it. You know, as I mentioned, I, I think the Big Ten is already has more than enough money because I, I think, again, kind of playing this out a little bit further here, I, I know I've already ranted about this for a while. I apologize to you who, who are not interested in this at all. But, um, you know, sort of playing it out a little bit here, you have to think, okay, clearly having more people watching your games, improving your reputation, getting, you know, sort of the ESPN hype and mega machine talking about you has a value. It absolutely has a value. Um, again, you can debate what that value is, but it does. Um what what does this money actually impact that that's that's the question for me what needs to be asked because you know if you've looked in and I don't want to get too off track I know I've already gotten sort of off track but um I don't want to get too you know you have to look into if you really look into college athletics you know schools make unlimited amounts of money pretty much no school will ever have a deficit if they just cut non-revenue sports. I know there's a lot that goes into that, so on and so forth. You know, it's not not as that simple. You know, there's Title IX. There's all of these different things. But um, it if, you know, we'll, we'll just take Michigan, for instance. You know, Michigan, they don't, quote-unquote, profit a ton, their athletic department. But the reason they don't profit a ton is because they have, you know, 20-some varsity sports where 25 of them lose money every year. You cut half of those off, the athletic department has more than enough money that they can use. And my point here is that are you really getting more money, you know, to help the football team, to help the basketball team? And nothing against those other sports, but again, let's be honest, those are the those are the big sports that people are watch and care about. Um generally speaking, uh again, I think it's worthwhile to support those smaller sports, but or or is it just going to give more money to help you know men's golf or sponsoring a men's volleyball team? I I don't know. Um, you know what my point here is that is it really going to impact your everyday fan, or are they going to have to endure this lower quality coverage? Um, a hit to the reputation just so they can take pride in, you know, women's soccer doing well. I, I, I don't know the, the answer to that. I think it's, it's different for every person, but for me, um, it's not worth it to me. It's not because I, I think the big 10 teams already have more than enough money than they need, um, to be successful and to be competitive. And I think the little things, are what make the difference from this point on. And to me, the little things are getting better coverage, helping your reputation, uh, 
doing those types of things. But, so yeah, <laughs> I guess overall, not a big fan of the deal. I don't think it's worth it uh, for the money. Um, we'll see what they do with the rest of the games. Uh, as I mentioned, I don't certainly don't think this is a backbreaker for the Big Ten by any means. I don't think this is something that's going to, you know, turn the Big Ten into, you know, the Mac or something. But for me, I, I just think it's something that is not in the best interests of what most people want. I think it's only in the interest of the bottom line. But with that, I'll, I'll end my rants and I'll, uh, I'll move into, um, little wrap up here. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, not a ton, ton going on, uh, on the basketball court, certainly over the next couple weeks, but, um, we do have some nice stuff coming up on BT powerhouse. Uh, we had drone post a great article on Iowa the other day. So check that out. Um, we're updating our, our recruiting feed all the time. So, um, check us out. But as always, I'm Thomas Bendit. You can check me out on Twitter at T Bendit. Thanks again for everyone for listening. Hopefully, uh, you enjoyed my rants on media deals and media rights. But um, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time.